Could Fernando Tatis Jr. be channeling a little Willie Mays out in center field uh, the rest of his career? Welcome back. It's Ben and Woods, 7 a.m. on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, some interesting comments yesterday from the the young Padres, now probably outfielder, although Bob Melvin is reluctant to commit to anything when it comes to Fernando Tatis Jr. right now. You know, he's working in the infield, he's working in the outfield, right, everywhere out there. Uh, but Fernando Tatis Jr. himself uh, went on the record with some of the most uh, specific comments we've seen about how he envisions his future right now with the San Diego Padres. And it's pretty, uh, pretty spicy. I thought, yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, it's spicy like enough. Spicy enough for day two of spring training, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, the good news, he feels like he's uh, swinging a hundred percent. The shoulder, he thinks, feels absolutely locked in a little revelation in the piece that was written by kevin acy of the union tribune said last year before the surgery the shoulder surgery shoulder came out twice just you know everyday activities just going about his whatever he was doing not playing baseball the shoulder even continued to pop out a couple of times and now post-surgery says feels really really good the wrist not quite a hundred percent, he said. You know, it's, he said it's good enough, essentially, to do whatever he needs to do. He still feels like he's got power; he can swing, but he doesn't feel like it's you know where it was before yet. And hopefully, he continues to make progress on that aspect of his rehab. Uh, but health wise, things seem quite good for Fernando Tatis Jr. Good uh, position wise, yeah. Some interesting comments. You know, the Padres do have a. A starting center fielder who's won a Gold Glove Award two of the past three seasons in Trent Grisham, but if he doesn't produce offensively, and, and last year, of course, Grisham struggled with a 184 average, and uh, you know, just a, I think what about a 625 OPS last year, just pretty not, tough season for him. Yeah, you, know, you know, some big playoff moments early in the postseason, but other than that, it was a it was a tough year offensively. Uh, you wonder how long the Padres can stick with the guy who's struggling in the lineup. And Fernando Tatis Jr. certainly seems to think that, that he could be an option out there in center field. In fact, he said, quote, I mean, I feel like I'm a top five athlete in this game. And I feel like there, meaning center field, I'm going to use all my abilities. Hmm. Is that speaking out of school for a guy who's coming back from a suspension and already making a position change when you've got a guy like Trent Grisham out there. Do you, if you're Trent Grisham, do you feel your turf has just been stepped on so a little bit that's, by, that's by two, a superstar player? That's two different questions. Yeah. So that the to address your first question, Ben, is it speaking out of school? No, because he was asked. You know, hey, where where do you think best suits you? I'm going to give you an honest answer, and I would say if I'm going to play the outfield, that would be center field. So I don't think it's speaking out of school. You don't. We certainly don't want Fernando Tatis Jr. to be shuffling his feet and head down and be you. Be you. Be the kid that we all know and fell in love with. Just continue to be you. The second part of your question was, will Trent Grisham take exception to it? I think the answer is potentially yes. But the other thing, Trent Grisham can be like, all right, pipe down, pal. Let's see. May the best man win, right? If I'm going on the most complete if I'm if I'm putting the best center fielder in my lineup it's Trent Grisham today it's Trent Grisham yeah he's going to hit ninth bottom of the order don't really you know do what you got to do get a runner over whatever like go up there and hack do your thing still got some pop hacking is not his thing it's fair 
Go up there and watch. Yeah, watch. Well, no, but <laughs> get up there and hack yeah. is, is my, nice. my directive. Get up there and hack. Still got some pop. Get a great glove. Get great jumps. You're a great center fielder. Very comfortable. If I'm a pitcher, let, let's be honest. If I'm Joe Musgrove, I'd rather have Trent Grisham in center than Fernando Tatis Jr. If I'm you, Darvish, I'd rather have Trent Grisham in center. Period. Light hitting or not, I want Trent Grisham in center field. Trent Grisham's under control for three more years, I think. So, uh, this season and then two more, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so three more years. Um, there's plenty of room for both of those guys in it. Now, Trent Grisham has played right field as well. I, I don't know that I need to move a whole bunch of stuff around, especially now. I think now, this season, let's see how it shakes out with those guys out there. Um, injuries could pop up. You know, Fernando could could they could say, "Hey, man, we're you know you're diving around a little too much. We need you healthy. Let's let's DH you more and whatever." It's just a big nobody knows. It's a big mystery. But I think Trent Grisham could look at it and go, "Really, all right," and maybe use it as motivation. Who knows? But I, certainly, there's a vision here. Uh, you know, a vi- I can I can picture it in my head. Uh, quickly, we do need a contestant for Take on Woods. About three minutes away. Eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Now's the time to call. Want to play our musical trivia game? Qualify for our grand prize getaway to Las Vegas. Um, you know, we saw how Fernando Tatis Jr. played shortstop at his very best. Some of the most spectacular plays he made, you know, going back into the outfield and making, you know, over the shoulder diving catches. He certainly has, I would say, the instincts and the ability to get good reads on baseballs to cover tons of ground. I mean, the things that make great center fielders great come to him fairly naturally, it looks like. So I can certainly picture a scenario where Fernando Tetis Jr. becomes one of the game's great outfielders. If that's the course and the path that's laid out in front of him, there's no reason to think he wouldn't be a phenomenal outfielder. Correct. Right? Yeah, I mean, look, and, and you're you're committed to Tatis long-term, a lot of money, Um if you're going to move him off of shortstop for the rest of his career, I think it is fairly important to let him play a position that you know he wants to play. He's excited about playing, but man, I'll, next year, the next year, maybe even two, you know, let's see what we've got. I, see, now I don't think you can wait that long. Yeah, Why? you certainly don't have to put him out in center field or this moment you know, with Trent Grisham, but I don't think you wait three years until Trent Grisham is. You know, leaves as a free agent when his arbitration period is over, and then okay, now it's time for Fernando to move over. How old would he be then? Twenty six, eight, twenty seven, twenty eight. How old is he now? Twenty three, twenty four, twenty four. Be twenty six. Do that. Juan Soto's twenty four. He just moved. It just. I, I, I think if that's where you think and he thinks he's best fit. I think long if that, term. If that's long, get him ready as soon as he's. I, what do you do? I think if that's the long term play. It has to be sooner than. Two or three years. Don't wait, from don't, don't, don't what waste do you, time. What trade, do you, you do trade Trent Grisham. Okay. You he plays hope, right field. You know, you could move him to right field. I think, I think that would be a, a bit of an awkward switch as well because then you'd know you have your probably the better defensive center fielder. Not is, probably is playing out in right field, Not which probably. doesn't make a lot of sense. Definitely the better but center fielder. You can certainly trade him. I would think that if Trent Grisham can even show anything offensively, he'd be a very attractive piece. If you need to fill another spot on your team, and to me now Trent Grisham becomes more of a trade piece. Now you don't have a ton of outfield depth at the moment. That's what I'm saying. So it can't. Are we talking? We're talking next season, or like yeah, or, yeah, maybe okay. maybe next season. Right. Yeah, after this year, well, Paulie, you just said get him in there now. Get him in there once this. he's ready. Okay, 
I mean, as soon as he's ready and comfortable out there, if that's where you see him and he sees him long term, can you win multiple seasons? Can you win a championship with an outfield of Soto, Grisham, and Tatis? Of course, yeah, hundred percent. Can you win a championship with an outfield of Soto, Tatis, and Adam Engel or Matt Carpenter and Wright? Or certainly not going to be Nelly Cruz. It's not going to be a little more dicey for sure. Yeah. So I mean, I still think yes is the answer. I, I'm uh, not, you know, and yeah, I mean, you can't. At the, you can, at the but... moment, you don't have a choice. You're right. At the moment, Trent Grisham is your center fielder, and you know those corner guys probably are Soto and Tatis. It doesn't mean you can't acquire another player, whether sure. it be at a trade deadline or in the offseason next year that's more of a corner, traditional corner type, and then you move, you know, you move Trent Grisham out and you move Fernando Tatis. I mean, my man hasn't field. even shown up at camp yet. He's lost his center fielder job. So, like, he's he is... You uh, hit 184, you know, people are going to start talking. Year. It was last year. It was last year. Only there's a the trend has been down for two seasons. Comfortable in, in San Diego that's been here for a few years that maybe you can get on a bargain now because he doesn't have a team. Yes. Maybe a jerks and profar. You trade Gershom type. and you sign a jerks and profar type for like $7 million. And then you move profar to right or move Juan back to right. Jerkson's hoping he becomes the MVP of the World Baseball Classic <laughs> yeah, as the last lap here. Hundred percent. Is he even playing? He's not yeah. playing. He doesn't have a team. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's for, not playing. He's not playing for Chris. Uh-uh. I, I he saw he's not playing really? because he doesn't have a team. Wow. So I think his agent advised to against playing because hmm. what if he got hurt? That's true. You get nothing. Very risky. So I don't know, man. I, I'm not quite ready to give up on Trent Grisham today, and and. You know, talk to me in July, certainly, but I'm certainly not. I want to. I want my defense to be as strong as they can, uh, to be as strong as they can up the middle. That's what I want. I want my my Xander at short, my Hassan Kim at second, Trent Grisham in center, Nolan Campy behind the dish, and we ride. We ride from there. And Trent Grisham is your nine hole hitter who's not going to have to do a lot in this lineup. As of this moment, I agree with you 100. percent How long I will continue to agree with you. Remains to be seen. Okay. All right, let's see. Uh, time for a little bit of Take on Woods. Let's get to our game. It's time for Take on Woods. Take on Woods. Woods. Take on let's welcome Steve to the program. Steve has played this game before, so I don't need to go through all the rules. I will say good morning to you, Steve. Good morning to you. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Woods has left the studio, so let's just get right to it and pick the category today. Uh, here are your choices. Philly Special still sitting there. It's more of a Super Bowl category last week about the city of brotherly love and their Super Bowl team, but hey, it's still there. I chart. Those are five bands and artists beginning with the letter I. And our new category today, Y O Y. Song titles that include the word Y. W H. Why? All right. So of those three, Philly Special, I Chart, or Y O Y, what would you like to play? Let's go with the new one, Y O Y. Why? Oh, why? I'm kind of glad you chose this one, Steve. Here's here's why. I think this is one of the tougher ones that I have uh, I have created. So don't feel bad if you don't get all five. Uh, I think you'll know all the songs though at some point. Oh, Woods, where are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? Just hit, Go. like he just, he just wandered back in. in, like in the middle of the game. Like, <laughs> he went to the bathroom, forgot what we were doing in the middle of things. Luckily, we weren't playing our game yet. God, I'm sorry, Steve. You get uh, a little awkwardness Collusion. here. 
All right, so again, yeah, tough category, but uh, five song titles that include the word Y. 60 seconds on the clock. We'll start with our two-second song. Give me that title and the artist, and uh, if you don't know one, you can pass. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Steve. Category Y-O-Y. Let's take on Woods. It's the Eagles. I can't tell you why. Correct. Elton John sings Laughing Like Children, Living Like Lovers. In which song with a nine-word title? That's why they call it the blues? I guess that's why they call it the blues. Correct. Name the question the band War asks 44 different times in the title track of their 1975 album. Why can't we be friends? Correct. Nora Jones won three Grammy Awards for which 2002 debut single? Which 1986 song was the first Van Halen single to feature Sammy Hagar as lead vocalist after he replaced David Lee Roth? Why can't this be love? Correct. Nora Jones won three Grammy Awards for which 2002 debut single? Oh, God. Uh, she's a beautiful young lady, a lovely voice, but <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got nothing to Oh, you should have said, I don't know why, because that would, I don't know why would have been the answer on that one. She got four on what I well thought done. was a really tough category, though, Steve. Well done. I can't tell you why by the Eagles. I guess that's why they call it the Blues by Elton John. Why can't we be friends by War? And why can't this be love by Van Halen? So the standard very high for Woodsy as he comes back to take on the same five questions that Steve just battled. Now is the time for you to come in. Total right, Steve's score is locked in. Oh, by the way, I forgot to get the. I gotta. I gotta read my prize read for Steve. Okay. If he uh, if he does beat or tie, he will qualify for a two night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Spa Treatment for Two at Serenity Spa and a VIP pod at the Westgate Superbook. Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier ro- rooms. Woods part of their seventy million dollar room renovations. Home of legendary Vegas fun. Must be twenty one or up. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred. You don't read. You don't get to you, see. I read that every single day and you're gone you never get to hear that all right uh, let's reset the song and the question 60 seconds back on the clock woodsy doesn't get the category that's his disadvantage your time begins when paul plays the music good luck woods let's take on steve i can't tell you why the eagles correct elton john sings laughing like children living like lovers in which song with a nine word title I guess that's why they call it the Blues. Correct. Name the question the band War asks 44 different times in the title track of their 1975 album. War, what is it good for? Incorrect. Nora Jones won three Grammy Awards for which 2002 debut single? Come Away With Me? Incorrect. Which Ah! 1986 song was the first Van Halen single to feature Sammy Hagar as lead vocalist after he replaced David Lee Roth? The first one? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he's figured out the category I either. I'm no hell. idea. I'm in hell. make this very tough. Why can't this be love? Yes! Oh my well God. done. Nice pull. Unfortunately, it didn't matter because Steve got four <laughs> right. And he already had beaten you four to three, which means for the second oh. straight week, Woods is mired in a two-game losing streak on Take On Woods. Steve, congratulations. You win... Uh, Denny, you get in the hopper for the grand prize drawing. Hang on the line. Paulie will get all that info from you during the break. I thought that was one of our tougher categories. Steve nailed it. 
four out of five, and you got you're pretty good. I thought Give three me out of the five. category. It's called Y O Y. I can't tell you why. I guess that's why they call it the blues. Why can't we be why friends? Can't we be friends. Don't know why by Nora Jones, which is the one that he made. You know that song. Oh, Don't yeah. know why. And why can't this be love? You pulled very nicely. Give me that one. I love that one. I love but, that song. Uh, yeah, it's it's such a subtle word in a title. Why? Yes, why? W H Y. I thought that's going to be that could be a, like a one nothing final score. Four to three was very well played by both of you. Good job, but not Steve. good enough for you today. The category I thought was was pretty important on that one. Though. Yeah, that was I'd a, say so. That was the advantage that Steve had. He took advantage today. Such a jam. All right, we had a little um, social media war between a, a winning player from the Super Bowl and someone from the losing side yesterday. Yeah, it's not the only social media I'm going to be bringing up and don't do this. All right, so that is coming up if next. If you're listening, boss man. <laughs> Maybe don't. Prepare to be roasted. With Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fans. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. Log in and listen to 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app or at 97.3thefansd.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Coldplay's sold-out show at Snapdragon Stadium on September 27th. Every hour you listen, now through February 19th, equals one entry in the contest. I don't even know exactly how that works. Somehow it tracks you and then puts you into the contest. But uh, it's good for you if you win the tickets to Coldplay. Uh, Now, without any further ado... May I introduce Stephen Woods, who's going to lead us in a rousing rendition of Don't Do This. I kind of threw him under the bus during the break there. Sorry, Woods. That's all right. Uh, the back and forth between Padre fans and Dodger fans is already at an all-time high uh, on Twitter, which is fine. You know, a lot of expectations for uh, this ball club here in San Diego. Got to go out and back it up, you know, on the field, but... 
The uh, slam poetry that was going down yesterday between the rival fan bases uh, basically was like the worst thing ever and uh, only exacerbated by our beloved our beloved uh, Adam Klug, our boss, who was, uh, I'm assuming, at the helm of the 97.3 The Fan account when this banger was tweeted at 6.59 p.m., probably just finished up dinner, got his kids down and cracked his knuckles and said, Let's go over to the old Chromebook and fire this off. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Last year we beat the boys dressed in blue. So there's a couple. It's like a three-pronged thing for me when I saw it. Number one, uh, you rhymed blue with blue. So that's like you should be lashed uh, with a belt. So if I see him today, I'm going to spank him with a belt. Rhyming means coming up with a word that sounds like the other word. But when you come yes. up with the exact same word... Yeah, blue and blue. That doesn't word. count. That's you didn't not even, a rhyme. It's not like these guys blue. Roses, it, I guess, can be blue. Violets are blue. The Potteries no longer wear blue. blue but we, we beat, beat the, the boys, boys in, in blue. blue. Phenomenal. So that was, that was strike one for me. Strike two was... Uh, that was last year. It was fun. I loved it. It was great. We have a framed newspaper in our house of the moment. It was great. That was last year. The third one is uh, we got dragged on social media. Now, Adam Adam is, he doesn't have to, he likes the just getting the, um, the, the engagement. Probably didn't even look at the quote tweets. I don't even want to read them because I read some of them last night and I was like, I'm going to stab myself. Um, you don't really want to, you know, I'm about kind of trying not to poke the bear and, and, and set ourselves up for embarrassment. So it was my three pronged effect, but I think the thing that bugged me the most was the rhyming scheme. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Last year we beat the boys dressed in blue, blue and blue. It's terrible. It's terrible. It was just terrible. I'm sorry, Adam. I love you. I do. You know, I do. Speaking of terrible... Just don't paint the target on our backs. And painting a target on your back as well. Hey, I am all for a, a good pre-game social media battle between two teams, two players, two fan bases, whatever, in the hype leading up to a game. Call your shot, you know, walk the walk, and then see what happens on the field. Talk the talk, then walk the walk. But once it's over... You got to display a little bit of class, a little and, grace. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Kansas City Chiefs seemed to miss the mark uh, when he sent out his uh, his Valentine's Day tweet and took a shot at James Bradbury, the Eagles quarterback, who was called for the critical holding penalty. Cornerback. That's yeah. what I said. Well, he's a quarterback. Cornerback. Uh, quarterback. Quarterback. At the end of the Super Bowl, that essentially. Uh, locked up the win for the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, so yeah, it's just one of the. It's a two from card. It says, "I'll hold you when it matters most." For the picture of James Bradbury, and I mean, a tiny bit funny, yes, but come on, now you're kicking a guy when he's down, and there's it's never a good look to kick a guy when he's down. Correct. I mean, that's that's a don't do this for JJ Smith, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, now, a lot of people started absolutely roasting him back on social media as well. 
A.J. Brown came to the defense <laughs> of his teammate as well. A.J. Brown was unbelievable Said, in his tweet. First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes <laughs> resurrected your career on your deal, TikTok boy. TikTok boy. <laughs> he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're that or ever was. But congratulations again. Phenomenal. Bread meat bread there. Bread meat bread. Very good. Him. Yeah, he did. He did. He bread meat breaded him. <laughs> For A.J. Brown. I mean, Juju got dragged, I think rightfully so. But at the end of the day, Juju's the one with the ring, you know, and, and that's kind of what he was falling back to. Uh, hey, listen, I got my ring, and, and Lendale White, of all people, weighed in and was, like, throwing stats out. Like, hey, man, you had 172 yards in six games. Why don't you settle down and act like you did something? But I don't know. Uh, it was it was, it was was a bit tri- uh, juvenile and trivial, but also made for uh, interesting Twitter day, for sure. There were apparently a lot of tweets that were sent and then deleted later yeah. as well by other NFL players. Um, so it was a thing. It was definitely a thing yesterday, for sure. Yes. All right, finally, I I just came across this story, and I'm going to give it my do-do-this stamp of approval, because it's... D-D mega It's kind of the dream for all the weekend warriors out there, you know, whether you're a a golfer or whatever your sport is. In this case, it's a a tennis player. Um, So, Matija Pekotic was... uh, He tried to become a professional tennis player years ago. And it didn't really work out. It, injuries kind of took their toll. And in 2015, he essentially uh, retired without ever really making the pros, making it big. He was never more than 206th in the world rankings. So kind of gave it up, but has been playing, you know, weekends lately. He went back to school, became a, a real estate guy, went to Harvard Business School. And he's been playing and, and managed to qualify to get into this week's ATP Tour main draw at the Delray Beach Open. And in the round of 32 in the draw, he got put up against Jack Sock. Now, Jack Sock is a, you know, a legitimate player. I mean, he's been Jack up to number Sock. Yeah, he's an American, like one of the better American players right now. Got up to number eight in the world <laughs> last year. Have you not heard of Jack Sock? I have never heard of Jack Sock. I mean, a, a top ten player in the world uh, recently in golf. No, in tennis. Oh, tennis. Sorry, in tennis. And um, this guy Pakotic who works full-time as a director at a real estate firm and just as a part-time tennis player, came in and lost the first set 4-6, but then came back and won 6-2, 6-2 in the next two sets to beat Jack Sock and advance to the round of 16. He said, I actually had to email my boss to say, I need to leave work early today. I have a match. To play in this tennis tournament. <laughs> Not, I mean, they're probably thinking, oh, what, some ben. club tournament? No, I'm actually <laughs> playing on the ATP Tour against a, a former top 10 player in the world in my first round match. And he won. So I guess he's going to have to get permission to, to miss a little bit more work because he is now into the round of 16 on the ATP Tour. Matija Pakotic, real estate pro part-time tennis player and beater of jack sock jack sock thank you ben and that's don't and do do this for a wednesday jack sock that was don't do this with ben and woods on 97 people who watch tennis know who jack sock is one of the better young american players in the world we haven't had a lot of great men's players in Quite a while. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really used to be Pete off. Sampras yep. and Andre Agassi, Those and were the, you know you the salad days, man. John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors. Americans used to be at the top of the tennis world, and then it became 
Europeans. Like everything. Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, now Novak Djokovic, all the best players in the world. Andy Murray is from Scotland. But very few American men have kind of crashed onto the scene. Jack Sock, one of the better ones in the last decade. I'm putting all of my hopes into Jack Sock. Mostly for the name. I was unaware. Now I know. That's what DDT is for. It is kind of what yeah. it's for. All right, we'll come back. Um, still talking Padres as spring training gets started. Sammy Levitt's going to join us a little bit later. He has arrived. Saw the tweet. Sammy is at the Peoria Sports Complex, so we will get first-hand account of what's going on at Padres spring training. Coming up a little bit later, Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Just talking about Sammy Levitt. Sam has launched his own podcast called Inside San Diego Baseball. Sam dissecting all the latest news from the Padres. The latest news would be the Michael Waka signing. Find it at 97.3thefansd.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I always hesitate to say that A.J. Preller is now done. Because <laughs> he's never done. I mean, you know, he's always on to the next thing, the next day, the next way to try to make the San Diego Padres better and closer to a World Series championship. But in the short term, would you say that A.J. Preller is now at least done with the 2022-2023 offseason? Um, or do you think that we may still see a big trade, a big another big signing before opening day? In theory, I would say, yeah, maybe. But the track record says... No, I, I, I feel like, and of course I've been wrong a million times of what I think AJ is going to do, feel like the Padres, as they are constructed now, once the Michael Walker signing is official, this is the team that they're going to roll with, at least on opening day, that they have now constructed their starting roster for 2023. Now, again, you know, they've been practicing for two days, and there's a WBC, and, you know, you hate to think about anybody getting hurt or banged up or dinged up or whatever, um, that re- would really be the only outlier for me is if that somebody does get banged up at spring training and you you have a, a hole that you fine, have to fill. Fine, something uh, other than that, massively unexpected could happen, of course. But I mean, uh, other than that, you know, who's left out there to go out and procure? Jerkson Profar, Luke Voigt, a couple of ex-Padres. Um, Cole Hamels was a, a name that's been kicked around. I don't know, know how much interest is is there. From the Padres, I have seen their name connected to Cole Hamels. Don't know what he has left in the tank, if anything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, little moves. Little moves here and there. Depth pieces, depth-type arms in a bullpen. Um, I, I can't imagine anything earth-shattering, Ben, happening in the next six weeks. I, I can't either. So I think the offseason is pretty much done, which makes um, David Schoenfeld's offseason grades kind of timely. Yeah. Uh, that just came out. So I'll let you know where the Padres checked in on how they did, at least how uh, one person's opinion of how they did this offseason after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
So, you know, David Schoenfield did the uh, the grade thing, handed out a grade, A to F, for each team, 30 clubs in Major League Baseball, and kind of ranked him in order as well. And, you know, I'm not surprised. The San Diego Padres didn't come in at the very top of the list for their offseason. That spot was reserved for the New York Mets, who got a straight-up A grade. And if you're going to spend what the Mets are spending, a projected $468.5 million, including luxury tax payments that's 150 million higher than even the Yankees payroll which is second you better get an A when you're given un- almost unlimited resources yeah. uh, adding Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, David Robertson, Brooks Raley, Omar Navarez, Tommy Pham and then they also re-signed Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz and Adam Ottavino. Of course they did lose Jacob deGrom Chris Bassett and Taiwan Walker, Seth Lugo. <laughs> that's been the, some key players were lost as well. That's the interesting thing about the Mets. We talked to Italian Paul Frank, who uh, fills in on the board when we're out on remote, does some work for the station. Great kid. Frank's a big Met fan. You know, we asked him a couple months ago, "Do you feel like you've improved, or do you feel like you've just replaced the five guys that left with very similar guys?" Right, like. If Manny left and you replaced him with Nolan Arenado, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you really, did you really get, better? get better? Now, if you had kept when Verlander replaces Degrom, yep, Senga, you could say replaces Bassett, sure. Quintana replaces Walker, yep. Um, Robertson could replace Lugo. So basically, you did a decent job at filling the holes of the guys that left. And when you put all those names together, sure, probably going to equal an A an A plus. You went right? for Carlos Correa. Yep, didn't end up didn't getting end him. Up get him. Getting him. Yep. So I, you know, A. I don't know that I would have had them at the top of the list, but they got the only A. A minus uh, teams. There were two of them: the New York Yankees for Radon and the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, Radon and Tommy Canley, and then the re-signing of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo. Um, that was you know they lost Matt Carpenter, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, Jamison Tyone and Aroldis Chapman. Uh, the Phillies, I thought, you know, they could have been at the top of my list with just Trey Turner alone. Yeah. Uh, going to Philadelphia. Uh, also, Taiwan Walker, though, Craig Kimbrell, Gregory Soto, Matt Strom, Josh Harrison was a late pickup. Uh, they did lose Zach Eflin, Gene Segura, Matt Veerling, and a couple of other players, Noah Syndergaard. Who left as well? They got an A minus. I probably uh, would have put them ahead of the Mets. I, I probably would as well. I thought yeah. they had a really solid offseason, I mean, which is they're... Yeah, troublesome if you're a National League contender. Yeah, it is. And, the and... two of the teams up there that got A's and A minuses are two of the National League big contenders, big spenders right there that had really good offseason. Turner at the top of that lineup is going to be pretty ridiculous. Uh, if you know Bryce can stay healthy and and some of the other guys in that lineup, if, if Castellanos can fit in better. And be more comfortable in his second year. I mean, a force. They're just going to be a force to be reckoned with. Do they have the starting pitching to to hold up? I don't know. They sure have a really nice sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth guy in the pen, though. So I don't know how much they're actually going to have to uh, get out of their their starting rotation. A lot, a lot like the Padres. I mean, they're they're pretty similar teams. Um, I, I, you know, if we meet them again. I feel like you'd, you play 10 series, each team would win five. I really do. So three A and A-minus teams in David Schoenfield's offseason grades, and then there were four B-plus teams. Now, the Padres were listed fourth. I don't even know if they're in what sort of order they are in, but for B-pluses, he's got the Minnesota Twins, the Los Angeles Angels, the Chicago Cubs, 
and the San Diego Padres. Now, remember, an offseason grade doesn't mean this is now what I think you're going to do in the regular season. It's that you made the best moves you probably could make, you improved as much as you could. And from that perspective, I understand the Cubs going out and getting Dansby Swanson, first of all. Uh, but, you know, Cody Bellinger, some, you know, moves on the Trey Mancini, some other, you know, they, they actually added probably as much talent across the board as any team yeah. in, in baseball this offseason. Kind of under the radar, run. though. I was surprised to see the Angels that high. Tyler Anderson coming over from the Dodgers was a nice move, adding, you know, left-handed starting pitcher. Got Hunter Renfro. I almost forgotten about that one. Yep. Gio Urshela. Brandon Drury is now an Angel, we remember. Uh, and Carlos Estevez. Uh, was a pickup as well. So he liked the moves that the Angels made. He said they could have spent all that money on a superstar. They didn't. They needed a shortstop. They didn't do it. But they got a lot of depth, and that was an area that the Angels were looking for as well. They did. They got depth. But, again, what it's going to boil down to for that team is starting pitching. And Anderson certainly helps. But, you know, you're you're still talking about Otani, Anderson, Griffin, Griffin Canning. I mean, you're still like you're really, really short in your rotation. I think if you're the the Angels and your your pen as well. I mean, you're not going to win that division. Period. With the Astros in it, um, the Rangers have made a lot of strong moves, and you know now you don't have that starting pitching to match up with some of the best teams in the AL. So. Um, we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise all of us, but we, we seem to say that every year about them. David liked what the Twins did, uh, the trade picking up Pablo Lopez from the Marlins, even though it cost them the, the batting champion and Luis Arias, but they also signed Joey Gallo. I uh, got Christian Vasquez behind the plate, Michael Taylor, uh, Kyle Farmer, and then ending up with Correa again, kind of the big surprise when everyone was assuming, obviously, he was going to go somewhere else to end up in the end picking him back up was a big win for the Twins. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the Padres' grade is accurate. And then the, then the Padres were the other B-plus team. I think we know all the Padres' moves that they made in the offseason. We've discussed them for months. Now, if they could uh, I, I, if they could extend Manny, that would bump that up to, to an A for me, if they could get that extension done before uh, spring training. That's a good point. That could be a big, technically off-season move that could – Bump them up to an A. Very sure, make point. me sleep better at night. I know that. Um, the last thing you want happening is it getting contentious. I don't think it will. Uh, it is still hard for me to imagine him in a, a different uniform, not to say that that wouldn't happen. Uh, but listen, he's got a year left on his deal. Um, I guess Yonder Alonso, his brother-in-law, who was one of the driving factors to get him here to San Diego, told Manny, you'll love it. You will absolutely love it. And he has, and San Diego's embraced him. Uh, Yonder was on with Gwyn and Chris yesterday and, you know, said something to the effect of, well, you know, it's in the owner's hands. He can he can he can make it happen. Um, and I saw a little bit of pushback on that, you know, like, well, it's actually not it's in Manny's hands. He's he can opt in if he wanted to. Manny can opt in today if he wanted to. So what you don't want happening, Ben, is is it getting you don't want it to be contentious at all this year, and you don't want it to be a distraction, right? Like, that's the last thing you want. Manny sees you get an extension, you know, sees some deals being made. Joe and get an extension, Joe get an, and you're Xander like, get a huge free agent contract. You're, if you're Manny, you're like... The oh, offers that didn't get accepted? Yeah, allegedly. I, mean, I, I know you, Woods. You know me. If, if everyone oh. around here at 97.3 The Fan was getting big deals, <laughs> and you were up, and you hadn't heard anything yet, or... Yeah, you hadn't been made a satisfactory Ooh, offer. Mama, you better do the dance at least. You, you better might, be in here patting my you back. You might be every spinning day. out a little bit. You think so? Yeah, I think for good reason. 
Right. I mean, is, I, you, we, he is only a human being. We are only human beings. You can only feel, and you can say all you want. Hey, man, I'm just here to play baseball. I'm, we got a World Series to win. Great. It's at home. I, I think what makes it uh, maybe even harder for Manny, and, and I, you know, I, I doubt that he's that bothered. He doesn't seem like the type. <laughs> no, he doesn't get bothered by who much. gets bothered by much. But for most baseball players, you know, that are worried about their contract. You always can point to the owner and go, well, you know, my owner is reluctant to spend that kind of money. I get it. It's a big deal. I shouldn't feel offended. This is a process. My agent will handle it. But when you have an owner like Peter Seidler, who clearly, you, know, you offered Aaron Judge $400 million, and you offered Trey Turner 300 something million. Doesn't that make it worse? It's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I thought you were going down the road. No, of, I think, I think. No, it, he's got the money. He'll, it, he'll make it right. It's almost like. Did I do something wrong? That why aren't they backing up wheelbarrows of money yeah. to me? The Brinks truck for me as well. I mean, I've been well, here. Did. I've, I've showed. Yeah, they, they did. They have already once. They did, and we talked to Manny about it last year, at spring training, and you know he did say he'd like to play a, a lot longer than the length of his contract. Um, and he mentioned Nelly Cruz and said, "Look what guys are doing." And Yonder, look did, at Nelly Cruz. Yeah, look at Nelly Cruz. And he did. Yonder did say in that interview as well uh, something to the effect of, "Look." Manny is going to have his body ready and he's going to have his mind ready. That's one thing you can count on about Manny every single year, which makes it a a safe extension for you know the Padres to do. I just I would love it. I don't want it to be I don't want it to be June and you know reporters are in there with cameras in his face. Is hey any talk of an extension? I don't want to get to spring training and and Manny say. You know what? Uh, the deadline's passed. I don't want to talk about it for the rest of the year. Those are the kind of things where it starts to snowball a little bit. We've seen it a million well, times in sports. To be fair, Joe said that exact line mm-hmm. last year. Like, and it got done. They had a sort of a deadline, right. and he just said, look, I, I don't want to talk about this after much longer. we got the second half, playoff stretch, all that, and we got it done. They made it but, right. You know, and, and maybe some people are comforted by the fact that you know, Manning still has six years left on his deal. Can we all, let's just all assume at this point, as if Manny was on a one-year deal with the Padres. Yeah, that's basically the only way to look at it. Unless he got, you know, heaven forbid, like a major injury or something, which no one wants, there's almost no chance that he is going to opt into the final five years of the deal. I mean, I I wouldn't say no chance, but I'd say I'd be be very pleasantly So you should be operating as if you have a star player... Who is on an expiring deal this well, year? Well, as a fan of that man and this team, that's exactly how I feel, and it gives me a little bit of a pit in my stomach to think about. It. And it's not something I want to face. You know, I really don't. I don't. I don't want him going to New York or Chicago or somewhere else uh, at the end of this year. You know, World Series be damned. I don't. I. It's one of those guys. I'll, I'll pay you till the. I want you here for the rest of your your career. I want that statue of the underarm Under, throw across the diamond. Hundred percent, Paulie. By the way, just at the uh, back end of that list, in case anyone had any Colorado confusion, Rockies. the Colorado Rockies with an F grade. You couldn't have a worse offseason of than they have. Brent Suter, Nolan Jones, and Jose Urania. Oh their God, offseason man. All right, we'll come back. We are halfway home here on a Wednesday. Sammy Levin in our 8 o'clock hour coming up on 97.3 The Fan.